You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Not just ready, Casey. I'm super. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's an area which we call the trend zone. It is Wednesday, February 8th, just four days away from Super Bowl 57. We are coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Beautiful 68 degrees out there, Dave. Woo! (laughs) In today's episode, we'll talk about TB12. He's retired, we think, for good this time, if you don't count his new gig at Fox. Coaching carousel is down to just two spots. We'll let you know who hopped on and who hopped off. Speaking of coaching, we're going back to Peyton's place. It's a play on words. Just go with it. And we're going to get all up inside Super Bowl 57. But Dave, before we get to all that, tell me you got some super tasty nugs for the peoples. You got that right, my friend. It's $3.02 billion. That is Hold the, the finger amount. up. <laughs> That's the amount wagered on the Super Bowl with Nevada Sportsbooks since the state's gaming control began tracking betting on the NFL championship in 1991. A record $179.8 million was bet on last year's Super Bowl uh, in Nevada Sportsbooks. So, wow, that's some big money riding on the big game. Oh, yeah, Dave. And when they say the house always wins, the house always wins, except when it doesn't. That number is two. The number of Super Bowls that the Nevada Sportsbook have suffered a net loss. The books lost their record 2.6 million when the New York Giants beat the Patriots. Uh, 17-14. That was a while ago, Dave. And then the bookies got deemed. All right, moving on. Oh, sorry, Dave. (laughs) Plug your ears. I'll tell you when it's over. For only 400,000 in 95 when the heavily favored 49ers covered in that 49-26 win over the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Shenanigans. Yeah. They were cheating the cap. Cheating, I saw you. <laughs> and Dave, tails never fails. Casey, I'll tell you what. People will bet on anything just to get a little juice <laughs> on the game, Casey. Early coin flip betting. Tails has garnered the majority of the action, including five, uh, one $5,025 bet on tails placed by a Michigan better at odds of negative 101. So he's, he's, he's only going to make a little bit of money. <laughs> he stands to lose a lot of money, though. <laughs> Nearly 77%, as you mentioned, Casey, of the money is going on the tails as a result. That's so weird. Yeah. Since we know it's a 50-50 deal. <laughs> how is it that 77% of the people are believing in tails? Now, I always pick tails, but you know, I don't win 77% of the time. No. I'm going heads, baby. That's convinced me. And speaking of prop bets, we have a kick-ass prop sheet ready for the beautiful peoples out there for free at footballdudes.com. You want to be the life of your Super Bowl party? Bring a handful of these bad boys and some beers, and maybe you'll end the day as your Super Bowl party MVP. Sounds pretty good, yeah? Oh, yeah. The prop sheet is righteous, and it is a lot of fun, and it is a bunch of 50-50 props. So good luck. Yeah, it takes all the work out of it. You just show up with that thing. You're looking good, baby. Hey, want to let you guys know the Trend Zone, the podcast that you're listening to 
right now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Amazon Music. Woo! Wow. All right, Dave, let's get into it. Mentioned it at the top. Um, Tom Brady retires once again. He says, this time it's for real. Yeah, I thought you meant it's for good, like for the good of the rest of the league. <laughs> yeah, right? give everybody else a chance. Right. I mean, obviously, what can you say about Tom Brady uh, that hasn't been said all week long, uh, that hasn't been reiterated over the last 20 years? He's obviously, um, you know, the greatest football player that ever played, perhaps the greatest athlete ever to to play in professional sports. I don't know how, you know, the numbers are staggering so it's it's kind of pointless to to get too far into it yeah and did he start an only fans account sitting out there in his underwear now taking selfies what poor the heights that he's fallen from dude it's only been a week since he's been retired and now he's <laughs> resorting to that uh well he's gonna take a year off it looks like casey before he joins uh the booth uh and the uh, analysis in the booth uh you know post career career so good for him give him give himself a little time to uh Get with, get with the family and just kind of chill out for a bit. Jeez, the guy has been working his ass off for so long. Yeah, it will be. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be successful in whatever he does after that. Yep. Um, speaking of retirees, baby, A.J. Green's calling it quits. Yeah, and A.J. Green, really a, a fine receiver. 727 receptions, uh, 10,500 plus yards and 70 TDs. Made the Pro Bowl seven consecutive times as uh, in his first seven seasons. Uh, so... Uh, he's he's had a nice career and he's stepping back and he wants to be a Bengals fan now. Yeah, I'm not sure those numbers are going to get him into the Hall of Fame, but he did have a dynamic career last couple yeah. of years, really uh, bothered by injuries. But uh, man, there was a time when he was one of the most dominant. Yep. That's the seven Pro Bowls would say. All right. Speaking of Pro Bowls, Dave um, did pretty well last weekend numbers wise. Yeah, uh, there were six point two eight million viewers casey it outdid the uh nhl deal as well as some big time nba uh you know games there but uh you know i mean in the last handful of years casey this the pro bowl had deteriorated into what people complained was a flag football game well this year they just turned it into a flag football game and i think the competitiveness actually ratcheted it up although i was not privy to watch very much of it i did tape it so i'm still hoping that i can sneak it in at some point in time yeah you'll get to it in a couple months yeah you know it was pretty fun i watched most of it i don't really need to see a water balloon toss although the dodgeball is pretty fun um the kick tack though was okay the best catch man it was like it was too it, it wasn't that good um they did this lineman thing where they had to pull this big old weighted wall just give me a tug of war i would rather see that see those big uglies down there with the tug of war longest golf drive was okay um the gauntlet was neat but the flag game like you mentioned that was pretty good and the competitive juices were flowing so how they got the scoring you know each event uh got you three points so by the they played three flag games by the time they got to the third and last one AFC had a 21 to 15 lead to start the game with the events they won. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it put a lot of juice on that last game and the NFC um, came up and got the victory. And I think they netted almost 50 K spoiler alert. Oh, sorry, Dave. I, you'll get to it. It'll still be exciting. You don't want to see Ray play anyways. <laughs> All right, Dave, we mentioned the coaching carousel. 
um, most of those jobs are dried up. But boy, dude, the Broncos on a spending spree, man. It must be good to have all that Walmart money, bro. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Obviously, the Broncos bring in Sean Payton to be the the head coach there. uh, And he's going to be paid quite handsomely uh, for the opportunity to fix Russell Wilson, who they also paid quite handsomely. But the Saints uh, will be getting back a 2023 first round pick and a 24 second round pick and the Broncos will get back a um, third rounder uh, in compensation there. Um, So overall, when you add up all the assets traded by the Broncos for Peyton and for Russell Wilson, it includes three first round picks, three second round picks, a fifth round pick, quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant and D lineman Shelby Harris. Wow. That's quite a haul. Give me those assets back and I can coach the damn Broncos. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Three first rounders, three second rounders. And dude, Peyton's going to be there saying it's 18 million a year. That's over a million a game, dude. And that's wow. not wins. That's games. Yeah. And he's getting paid for the bye week too. <laughs> Man, it's good work if you can get it. Wow. Damn. He better be a miracle worker there, right? The AFC West is pretty competitive. Ooh. The Broncos were near the, or at the bottom the last handful of years. Yeah, and there might be a new quarterback coming into that division. So we'll see. That's for a later show. <laughs> um, Texans nabbed their guy, and they actually, this looks like they did something right this time. Yeah, uh, Texans get D'Amico Ryans to come in and uh, be their head coach. He obviously was drafted very highly uh, in the second round by the Texans and spent six seasons there uh, as an excellent player there. Uh, before moving on, he ultimately um, rose up through the ranks and was most recently the um, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. They were totally loaded with talent, but he knew how to use it. And that showed the NFL that uh, he was a viable candidate to be a head coach. This looks like a really good hire. All right. That leaves the Cardinals and the Colts as the only teams without head coaches. So maybe they strike after Sunday's big game. But couple of uh, big-name coordinators got hired, and we love both of these as well. Yeah, let's first uh, get it started with the Vikings bringing in Brian Flores to replace uh, Ed Donatel after a, a disastrous season uh, for the Vikings defense. Uh, Flores, of course, last year was a defensive assistant and linebackers coach for the Steelers. Prior to that, uh, spent three years coaching the Dolphins as the head coach. Uh, he's obviously embroiled in a lawsuit that's ongoing against the league, but that doesn't seem to be stopping him from getting employment. No, he grabbed that life vest and jumped right off of the party boat. And now he's going <laughs> to be moving the chains or stopping the chains from moving in Minnesota. And then dude, Steve Wilkes, bro, he got a crappy hand in Carolina, but it looks like the flop just did him a solid. No doubt. I mean, when he picked up where Matt Rule left off after getting fired midseason there, he went six and six. And that looked like enough maybe to get him a serious look at the job. But I think they wanted to get somebody in there with an offensive mind. Uh, that was Frank Reich, of course. But as far as Steve Wilkes goes, uh, he lands on his feet as a D.C. for the 49ers. Obviously, the cupboard is anything but bare when it comes to talent on that 49ers defense to make Steve Wilkes look like he's the man there. And the last two 49ers defensive coordinators were Robert Sala and Debico Ryans. Both of those guys ended up becoming uh, head coaches in the league. So if Steve Wilkes has his eye on his third opportunity to become a head coach, then this is an awesome position to be in as a nice stepping stone job. Meanwhile, he could conceivably collect a Super Bowl if uh, if all things go well for them next year. 
And on the other side of the ball, Dave, in Dallas, Little John and the Cowboys doing shots. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> Cowboys uh, hire Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer, son of legendary coach Marty Schottenheimer, as their new offensive coordinator. Of course, he wasn't brand new to the roster there. Right, Casey? Yeah, he was the consultant for the Cowboys last year. Um, he will be coordinating the offense, but it will be Big Mike calling the plays on Sundays. This is a guy that he's got a working relationship with, so... Um, it's not really moving the needle for me if he was calling the plays, but since Big Mike is, I'm cool with a guy that's uh, got familiarity with him. And like you said, he was a consultant with the Cowboys last year. So um, hopefully it's a good fit. Had some pretty good offenses uh, in Seattle and other places not so much, but uh, not always had great quarterbacks there. So um, mm -hmm. TBD on the results on that. But Dave, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to talk with you again. <laughs> All right, Casey, you must be referring to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, um, who is going to take a four-day isolation retreat to con contemplate all things in his future. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see if four days of darkness, he comes out of there and decides he's walking away from football in the $60 million contract. Um, I will be blown away, and I will be against darkness isolation for my, <laughs> for my immediate future. There's not enough shrooms in the world to make me walk away from 60 mil, Dave. So I don't know <laughs> what's going down in that dark house down there, but uh, we'll see when uh, A-Rod gets back. All right, Dave, the season really doesn't end. We're going to have a little lull, but the scouting combine is going to kick off in Indy February 28th. Yep, 319 players have been invited to this year's Combine. That's a pretty nice load of dudes. Uh, the Combine will kick off in Indy on February 28th, and obviously it's televised on NFL Network. It is a challenge to watch it unless you um, you know, are getting paid for it, but um, you do get all the measurables. Um, you're looking at those numbers for the, for the you know, the 40-yard dash, the cone drills, or whatever you want to call it, for different positions. Um, and Obviously, for the teams, they get their uh, measurables as well as the interviews and the medicals, which are super, super important. Yeah, it's not great, but it's something. But, yep. Dave, not one, but two spring leagues to get us through Ooh. the drought this year. Yeah, the rebirth of the XFL. I guess the, the third version of the XFL. That starts the week after the Super Bowl, Saturday after the Super Bowl. Uh, there'll be... Uh, two games that Saturday and two on the Sunday. I'm looking forward to that like crazy. Then coming up April 15th, that'll be the second season of the reinvented USFL, which was pretty entertaining, I thought, last year and yeah. actually did uh, end up getting some players back into the NFL. Um, so I think it is a showcase that is beneficial for the players and for the development of certainly uh, quarterbacks and offensive linemen, et cetera, et cetera. All right, Dave, we're getting closer to the big game, but one more virtual stop, baby. We're talking <laughs> Madden. Boom. <laughs> yes, that's right, Casey. Apparently, the Madden sim has predicted the game, so we don't have to necessarily tune in. Oh, cool. It's going to be the Eagles taking care of business, pulling away in the second half and handling the Chiefs 31 to 17. Casey, you might think that's a good uh that would be a good thing for the Eagles. But hey, hold on now. The Madden, the Madden simulation has been wrong the last two years. It picked the Bengals to beat the Rams. It picked the Chiefs to beat the Bucks. Wrong and wrong. Last time it got it right was when it picked the Chiefs to beat the Niners. And it's 
boldly predicted that Mahomes would be the MVP. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, going out on a limb there. Mahomes is your MVP. Wow. That's a that's a tough go. All right, Dave, to hell with all that stuff. Let's get to the big game. We're talking Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly, one and a half point favorites at State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona, home of the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams played a game there this year already, and both teams won that game. But, Dave, let's start with this Philadelphia offense, bro. Yeah, and this was an awesome offense that uh, Sirianni and Steichen put out there schematically wise. They were the third best over 400 yards of offense produced um, each week um, in the uh, in the league there every game. So primarily, a obviously, a run-heavy uh mm-hmm group there an offensive line that's really really mauling and this this team just loves to run the football almost 150 rush yards per game that was fifth best in the league yeah dude and you know a big part of that is Jalen Hurts before we get in because we got a lot to talk about Hurts uh that running game Miles Sanders quietly had a huge year but Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell also had big moments when they had an opportunity they made the Mm -hmm. most of it both of them hit pay dirt a few times and um, all three backs are very fast and kind of similar builds. Boston Scott's a little bit smaller than the other two, but they can all catch the ball out of the backfield and they can all handle whatever part of uh, the running load they need to do there. Yeah, absolutely. All three backs are huge uh, in terms of their, their contributions. They, they do share the load very nicely. Although, like you said, it was a really sneaky, good season, um, for uh, Miles Sanders, but um, really the big uh, one of the big elements of this run game is incorporating um, Jalen Hurts feet yeah. into it and, and threatening the team with the RPOs, the the possible handoff, the possible run with the quarterback, the possible pass. But I mean, we, we've seen over and over again that it's it's a legitimate weapon with Hurts attacking the defense. Absolutely, dude. And as much as they run the ball, they didn't fumble it at all. Well, they had. Hertz had five fumbles, but didn't lose one of them. So it never cost him there. And as a team, they only lost one fumble rushing. You mentioned Hertz there, dude. 67 first downs via rush. That's almost five per game. And Hertz has called runs nine times a game. So that's a big part of what they want to do, obviously. And um, it's been a formula that's worked with them in uh, long-to-go situations and short situations. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they've sort of revolutionized revolutionized the QB sneak as well yeah. with the way they kind of create that uh, you know scrum formation and the whole thing moves ahead. They can run a a quarterback sneak from one, two, three yards away and just get that crazy you know down low push that they get. Um, it's kind of wacky, you know. I don't know if the league's going to allow that going forward too much longer, but man, it it certainly is taking advantage of all of what the league allows you to do in respects with the quarterback sneak. Yeah. And they've been pretty proficient passing the ball because of that early success running the ball. Yeah. Um, pretty good on third down and um, back fourth in the league on third down Casey. That's 46% on third down. It's really good on third down, you know, and that's a big key to this team is, you know, move the chains, keep it and keep the uh, keep the possession of the football. So keep your defense resting and keep grinding and letting your offensive line wear out the opposing team's defense. 
And even though A.J. Brown has gotten pretty much all the accolades this year, Devontae Smith is basically uh, it's a one and a 1A. He's silently had a really damn good year, too. Only seven touchdowns compared to 11 for A.J. Brown. But this guy, um, he's a threat to go to the house anytime, too. And if you start working up defenders to try to stop the run, that's when they hit you over the top. Yeah, and that's the thing. They like the deep ball, and that deep ball has emerged as the season has progressed a little bit along the way. They got better and better at really uh, taking advantage of if if defenses can't stop the run, they have to commit bodies to the line of scrimmage. Then sure enough, you've got the one of the best 50-50 guys in the league out there with A.J. Brown and then a shifty speedster in Devonta Smith. And I mean, you, you know, choose your poison. You know, it's it's pretty difficult to defend all of that. Yeah, and Dallas Goddard, he uh, he missed some time right. with the injuries there, but he's been a, a big-time weapon for Hurts, too, when he's been in there, and he's had about a month to get healthy um, working towards these playoffs. And, Dave, I don't think you can say enough about the job that this offensive line does. If, if It's probably the best in the NFL. Yeah, and, I mean, this this, yeah, that's where this Eagles team is so good. It's in the trenches on both sides. But, uh, yeah, this offensive line, when you look at that, uh, the center, Jason Kelsey, and it's going to be an interesting Kelsey, a war of Kelsey brothers in this one. But Jay, uh, when we look at what he did a couple of weeks ago against the 49ers, oh. pulling, pulling around, drive blocking, destroying uh, drive dudes blocking, like 12, 15 yards downfield. Ex- I mean, yeah, they don't exceptional stop. linebackers are being mauled and drive dri- driven back. Mylata is a monstrously huge human being. Landon Dickerson. I mean, the actual strength and the fact that these guys can move, they can run around, they can. And when they double team, they eliminate people. And we've seen some just some absolutely gaping holes that they've been able to create. Yeah. And you just you can't get past Lane Johnson, dude. This guy's a beast and he's doing it um, with a hernia. So, wow, this is a great offensive line. They want to run the ball. They've been able to run the ball. Um, let's see what happens when they go up against this chief's defense chiefs actually been pretty solid against the run all year. Yeah. On average, this is, um, an, an average defense. Like, so in terms of total yardage, they're 17th and pass, uh, against the pass, they're 18th, but rushing, uh, defensively they're eighth. So, um, just over 107 yards a game given up on the ground. The Chiefs' defense is well-equipped to defend the run against this powerful uh, Philly uh, run offense. Yeah, and, you know, they've given up under 22 points a game. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good at getting off the field on third down under 40%. The Philly offense converting third downs at 46%. So they definitely want to keep uh, Philly into long situations, but they really have to be able to contain Jalen Hurts, not let him break out. And Philly likes to do a lot of that muck back and forth, send a lot of motion guys. Yeah. Um, so you can't believe what you're seeing if you're a Chiefs defender. And, um, you know, they're not great all the time, but damn, they seem to come up big when it's needed. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's what Spagnola does. I think he just, you know, knows how to dial it up and allow his playmakers to make plays. And we've seen that, obviously, in guys like Chris Jones. And we talk about moving him around and stuff, creating the matchups and finding the matchups that Chris Jones can exploit, as well as Frank Clark, who's had uh, a really huge impact, especially as the season progressed. He sort of found it. He kind of flipped a switch around week 10 or something and really started playing more uh, you know, dominant football. And then the rookie Karloftis also has been a nice uh, find rushing the quarterback. I mean, these 
This is the second. This is the second best team in terms of sacks with 55 in the NFL. So the goal, of course, somehow create a bad down and distance situation for the offense, and then get after the quarterback and take care of business and get off the field. Yeah, and great uh, linebacker play, Willie Gay, Carlos Dunlop, cover from the Bengals, and yep. Nick Bolton. These guys are really good. And Dave, not only do they get after the quarterback. They all get after the quarterback. 16 players with at least one sack. You mentioned Chris Jones. They move him all around. He is an absolute game wrecker. He yep. has 15 and a half sacks on the year. And then Kansas City, dude, um, tackles for loss. It's basically Chris Jones and nobody else, but he's got 17 of those bad boys. So you <laughs> definitely have to find him wherever he's at on the field. Um, and you know what else, dude? The, the secondary for this Chiefs team really stepped up, got a bunch of youth back there, mm-hmm. and they played great in that Buffalo. I mean, uh, the the game against the Bengals, the AFC Championship there, and they're getting. Uh, looks like they're going to get one of their main uh, yeah, guys back. Be, yeah, Jarius Sneed's coming back. He's the leader and the the experienced guy. But like you said, the the young guys back there had played exceptionally well. I think they're going to definitely want to um, not have their guys out on islands. Uh, against some of those, you know, those obviously those primary receivers in uh, A.J. Brown and Smith there. Um, they're going to want to try and do some quarters coverage, some uh, whatever you want to call it, where they're kind of putting an umbrella on the defense so that they don't get beat deep and that they don't have these guys really out on an island having to guard um, where they're at a disadvantage. So a lot is going to go into Spagnola's scheming into this uh, defensively. Yeah, dude, and you talked earlier about it. Um if there's been a place where the Chiefs has struggled a little bit, it's against the rushing quarterbacks. And obviously, that's something that Philly does extremely well, dude. Yeah, no question about it. And the running quarterbacks, um, for sure, uh, they the, the Chiefs have struggled against them. They've given up, on average, it doesn't sound like a lot, but 29 yards per game uh, to rushing quarterbacks, right? And then um, 18 yards per rush. So, but they've been, when, when they let them get out, they get gouged and obviously uh, Hertz loves to, you know, get out there and threaten and then convert on, you know, to, to get first downs with his legs, keep the chains moving. Yeah, dude. And if they can hold uh Hertz 29 yards rushing in this game, yeah, that actually a, might be a win. Oh, that'd be a huge win. dude. <laughs> huge win. Yeah. Expect a lot more than that. Maybe if they can hold them to that in the first quarter, they'll be in good shape. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and flip this over to the Kansas city offense. Um, What's up again? You know, just another <laughs> ho-hum year for this KC Chiefs. Right. Almost 425 yards of total offense. That's number one in the league. And, of course, their primary gig is passing the football at almost 300 yards a game. That's number one in the league. And also, they like to score points, Casey. That's to over 29 points a game. That's also number one in the league. They convert third downs at an incredible pitch, almost 49%. So just rattling through these stats and it, it, a lot, they're not as good at running the football, but they do run effectively. Um, but this offense, as we know, it goes through Patrick Mahomes. The, the arm of Patrick Mahomes is, is what drives this team. The greatness of Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Before we start stroking his greatness, dude, Kansas city has eight players that are averaging at least four yards of carry and eight different players with a rushing touchdown. We actually saw some of that, uh, transfer into the passing game too we were like how are they going to replace the cheetah how are they going to make up for that offense dude no problem they have 11 players with at least one receiving touchdown they have nine players 
with at least two rushing, I mean, receiving touchdowns. So they're not going after just that big play anymore. They can dink right. and dunk. And totally. obviously it's going to be Kelsey, but then you don't know where they're striking next. And that's a huge benefit to this. Oh, yeah. It certainly speaks to the maturity and development of Patrick Mahomes. It's like after a little while, you're like, well, how can he get better? You know, blah, blah, blah. But this is a way he's getting better. You lose the cheetah and they actually improve offensively. And the reason is because Mahomes has been able to, whether one guy or another goes down and they've had a lot of guys banged up at the wide receiver position, he's, he's elevating the play of those guys and he's finding the open dude. And like you said, when worse comes to worse, Kelsey always seems to be coming open at the right time. So, yeah, double and cover Kelsey, cover him early, cover him late. Yeah, you got to do that. And Dave, if you go back to that um, debacle in the Super Bowl against the Bucks, uh-huh. there was underneath stuff there. But he was so intent on hitting the big play with Tyreek right. or Kelsey, whoever it was that he let a lot of that stuff go. I think he's definitely learned from that. And, uh, you know, he will spread it around. They don't have to live with the huge play anymore. Um, and we saw late in games a lot of time they were icing teams with that run game. Pacheco, the was sixth or seventh round draft pick, has been better. They can imagine so much that they've not really needed Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going to be activated coming off the IR. But um, Pacheco's right. just kept grinding out such a big role in this offense at the running back position, but Jarek McKinnon, dude, out yeah. of nowhere too. this cat. Wow. Yeah. And, and especially, uh, you know, I mean, you, you talk about um, Pacheco, he runs like a Tasmanian devil. He runs like he's bigger than he is. He's just so ferocious. And then you get McKinnon in there. Hello. He's going out for a pass. I mean, this guy had what, how many games in a row with the touchdown pass receiving the football? I mean, um, I yeah, it was at least has, six. Yeah. He's been an enormous weapon in the latter portion of the season when, um, when they did lose Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, um, suddenly these other guys emerge and roles for these guys, um, that are clearly defined for them. So when they get out on the field, they know what their job is and they're, and they've been very effective. And they got the bruiser, Ronald Jones, who's not gotten a lot of play this year, but yeah. I wouldn't doubt if big red dials up something for him in this game too. All right, Dave, let's go ahead and flip this over to Philly's defense. As good as Philly's offense was, this defense was probably better. Yeah, I mean, it is loaded defensively, no question about it. They were fourth best in total yards at uh, giving up 330 yards a game. Um, number one pass defense, but um, just kind of average against the run, but that's not going to necessarily hurt them as much in this matchup. This is kind of a nice matchup for them in the sense that they're good at stopping the pass. That's the Chiefs' primary thing. So it's strength on strength in this respect. Um, but yeah, this team, um, obviously it's a nice combination of being able to cover well and also get after the quarterback. Yeah, dude. And you talk about that front, Josh Sweat, uh, Brandy Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, dude, Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis, Damacon Sue, Robert Quinn. And I think Derek, I'm not sure if Derek Barnett's going to be back. He was IR'd. So I don't know if he's playing in this, but they just give you waves and waves of bodies, dude. And these yeah. guys are legit. Yeah, that's how you sack. Up. That's how you rack up 70 sacks, the number one sack team in the league. And their defense, you know, the the front end and the back end working completely uh, together. When you're getting after the quarterback, there's way more lousy passes and, and passes that can be picked off and defended. And then on the back end, they're number one at getting after the quarterback in terms of creating sacks. And then on the back end, number one 
in terms of limiting yards per uh, it, it overall uh, receiving for teams. So um, both those things, when you're covering well, guess what? A little more time to get to the quarterback and get that sack. So um, they've got that thing running like a fine oiled machine back there. Dude, and they get that production up front with a number of people. 13 players for these Eagles with at least one sack. Hassan Reddick, we saw what he did in the NFC Championship. Two plays basically ended that game, uh, knocking out both of the quarterbacks. And then, dude, five players with double-digit tackle for loss. Josh Sweat with 15 of those bad boys. So wow. the penetration of that defensive line, they wreck games, dude. And that's why they've been so successful. Yeah, I mean, warning, you know. Patrick Mahomes, look out. Now, Patrick Mahomes doesn't get sacked very much. He was third best in the league at, at, at only being sacked 26 times. He knows how to get the ball out of his hands. He's definitely going to be having to do that. And that's one of the things this, this Philadelphia defense is going to want to do, cover that that real fast play early. They love to just ditch the ball out real fast, get Kelsey the ball in his hands in in, a, in two seconds, right? Cover that yeah. play may, and, and make um, – Make Mahomes move a little bit, right, and and try and uh, then if he's holding on to the football, then you got a chance to get after him and and get a a sack. And obviously that's not easy to do, but they're damn good at doing it. No, and you go back once again to that Super Bowl loss to the Bucks that really exposed what they needed to work on because Mahomes got the crap kicked out of him in that game, Whew. and that was beef up that offensive line. And they've done a great job with that. You go back to the Jacksonville playoff game a couple weeks ago, even after he had the crunched up ankle, I figured that Jayville would just release the hounds on him. And they weren't really able to touch him with that quick release and that offensive line holding up. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see if they can do that against the Philly front. And we'll see if the, uh, you know, the chiefs run the ball a little bit more in this game. Philly really only lost one game that Jalen hurts started and that was week 10 against uh, Washington. They did have four turnovers in that game, but Washington was able to run the football 49 runs for 152 yards that let them hold the ball for over 40 minutes. Total plays Washington 81 for Philly 47. So if you can run that ball, that takes out that, you know, the high speed uh, pass rush. Will they? No doubt. Even so, the case the Philadelphia Eagles almost won that game. Yeah, they, a they late turnover won. by the Eagles when they were going to score. Yeah, gave uh, Washington the ball back, and they were able to, uh, you know, milk the last bit of that clock and kind of put that game away. Yeah, we'll see if the Kansas City offense can try and do ball control like that. I think they're going to be more inclined to just say, "Hey, let's let's do what we do, baby," and that means it's Patrick Mahomes uh, first, and then once you set that up, that sets up the run. Once teams are are back on their heels, trying to defend all of those different receivers that you talked about that have grabbed touchdown passes, it's you don't know. Obviously, take Kelsey away, please take Kelsey away. <laughs> but um, then they're going to get you with one of the other dudes, and and um, I'll tell you, it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, like you said, if they can run the football and have a balanced attack, uh, Kansas City's offense, then that's going to go a long way for them. Yeah, and on the other side, can they get Philly out of running the football? Um, teams haven't really been able to force them to do that. Right. So we'll see what happens. And the last couple games that Hurts has been back since that shoulder injury hasn't looked the sharpest. So it's very intriguing matchup. Both mm-hmm. these teams, they have a lot of similarities, even though their offensive styles are so different. Big Red, obviously, five NFC championships with the Eagles. One Super wow. Bowl appearance, no wins, 
five in a row with these Chiefs. This is his third Super Bowl appearance. But Dave, what if he doesn't win this one? What's yeah. that say about his right. legacy? Is he then going to be the guy that <clears throat> the reason they got rid of him in Philly wasn't because he wasn't a great coach because they knew he was, but he couldn't get over the hump. And now he finally did it when he had uh, this uh, Mahomes here. So uh, is he going to be the guy that keeps getting to the big game, but can't really finish the deal? And look at the other side, Casey. It's Sirianni there. I don't know uh, how many people know this, but he was on the Chiefs staff when um, when um, Andy Reid got the job. Yeah, he kicked he him to the him. curb. He fired him. Now, it wasn't anything personal, but there's a little chip on Sirianni's shoulder. Uh, obviously, uh, a little extra motivation. I don't know if you could have any more motivation than the opportunity to win a Super Bowl, but an interesting uh, twist there, right? Yeah, you know, and I know what I think is going to happen in this game, but um, it's freaking me out a little bit because according to ESPN, 71 experts who weighed in, the Eagles were favored to win by 45 of them. That's over 63%. So they were favored to win by 45. Yeah. Woo! That's a lot of points, baby. Blowout, it's going to be a blowout. Baby. Only 26 <laughs> experts with the quotation said that the chiefs are going to win. So Dave, interesting. I see this game playing out and who's going to win. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be a real close game uh, without a doubt. Uh, this one doesn't seem like either team would be able to pull away. Um, in fact, I think the Chiefs have been involved. Like, you don't have in... to pull away. You just got to pull out. Oh! The Chiefs have been involved in like two years worth of close wins. Like every time they win, they sneak one out. You know, yeah. they do blow people out once in a while. But it, most of the time, if they're close, they find a way to win. And they get that win by a touchdown or four points, three points, whatever it is. The Eagles, um, I, you know, they're. I think that their thing is if they can do what they do and they, what they did to the Niners uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and, and a really good 49ers defense was just take over the line of scrimmage on the offensive side. And as the game wore on, they wore out that defense. And if that happens, I think I'm in alignment with the, uh, with the experts, Casey, that are picking the Eagles to edge this one out. Yeah, dude, I don't know if it's just my uh, cowgo cowboy goggles that are feeding my hatred for the Eagles, but <laughs> I feel like those close games are going to help the Chiefs. They've had to struggle yes. to get a bunch of wins, had a couple close games. They won a Super Bowl, then lost a Super Bowl, and then didn't even make it back. So that's lighting that fire with them. They're back, and they know how awful it was to lose one. Um, such an experienced staff here. And you have the best player in the league as your quarterback. Yep. So um, can they keep that pass rush of the Eagles off of them? Will they stick with the run enough to open up the pass game? Um, I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. I could see a big game for Pacheco in here. And uh, I'm going to have to go with red. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's my charger, Chargers goggles, Casey, but I, I'm feeling green, baby. So um, it is going to be fun uh, indeed, as we will have a house divided, as you said previously. Uh, many folks rooting for the Chiefs, many folks rooting for the Eagles. Uh, it is going to, the only thing I, I'm really, really hopeful for is a phenomenal game where we, we're heading into the fourth quarter and we don't know who's going to win. Yeah, that would be outstanding. But as long as it's a crushing defeat for the Eagles, that what will make my day. <laughs> oh, man, dude. We've watched every single game this year, yep. and the dudes are divided right down the middle. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. 
one last fiesta. That's going to be this Sunday, Super Bowl 57. Um, if you guys want to weigh in with your pick for the winner, hit us up uh, on any of the socials, including Twitter. But wow, it's here, Dave. Yep. We're ready, bro. It's slipping away. <laughs> oh, man. But how stoked are you? I am completely stoked, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Super Bowl 57. <laughs> so many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone. You're listening right now, available for subscription. For free, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever the hell you get your podcast. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. That's going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Super Bowl 57.